In a world where the 80s ended before all the terrible movies were made, three brave role-playing gamers will do whatever it takes to make the worst movies possible. But for budgetary reasons, the movies are only in audio. These are the worst movies ever played. Hey everybody, welcome to Worst Movies Ever Played. I'm your director, Patrick. I'm Jeffrey. I'm Brent. And today we have another terrible 80s movie for you, made possible by the RPG Straight to VHS. Today, we're going to be doing a thing that is an awful lot like Star Wars, but is just different enough that no one's gonna get sued. <laughs> Hooray. There Hooray. Were, there were a lot of these in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> yeah. Battle Beyond the Stars, one of my all-time favorites. Absolutely. It has the James Cameron womb ship. What's the name of this one? Patrick? This one is called Space Squad, colon, Into the Furbogs. <laughs> Would you guys Perfect. like to talk about your characters? Absolutely. I will be playing as Rex Laserbeam. He is a Space Squad security guard who always wanted to be a pro wrestler, and uh, everybody finds that pretty funny. Ironically, in real life, he's played by famous pro wrestler Rocky Sockham. I love that. Okay, my character is not quite as meta and deep. I haven't thought about the actor portraying him, but I'll come up with somebody appropriate. The character is an alien in the Star Wars vein, so of course his name ends in a vowel. So my character is named Boba T, and he is a emotional space vampire. He feeds on the blood of aliens. And I'm saying he lightly, it's a he, she, they're a genderless race from the planet Gelatinobobium. And his soul blade, which is their version of a partner, was torn from their side by evil prince Noob Noob, who is Boba T's sworn enemy. Now, will we see evil prince Noob Noob in this story? Probably not, because I'm just telling Patrick about him for the first time now. <laughs> well, you never know. That's the magic of an RPG. But he's a big part of my character's backstory. <laughs> We're going to be hearing a lot about it. We'll feel as though he's there. Yeah, my character is going to feel a lot. Well, let's get to those feelings. The camera pans up away from us talking about our silly little podcast, Into the Stars. And then in a yellow text that is just <laughs> off enough that no one's going to get sued, it says, many decades ago in a place far, far from here... Space Squad! Big horns behind it. And then it starts to scroll up and it says episode 10, not in Roman numerals, into the furball. Wait, does it say it in letters or does it say literally episode T-E-N? Episode T-E-N. Oh, I love that. <laughs> we join the CSS Peacekeeper, the Interstellar Commonwealth spaceship that our heroes are on board. They have taken four of the five planets that have been standing in the way of the Interstellar Bridge of Understanding. The Interstellar Bridge of Understanding, of course, will unite all of the cosmos in peace and harmony as soon as these rogue planets that want to see the end of understanding are taken out. And that was all text that was scrolled This is screen, all text, right? yes. And uh, Patrick, how many spelling and grammar errors would you say there were in that text there were more than you would expect <laughs> but also it scrolled kind of faster than you would think <laughs> so also like maybe you didn't notice them <laughs> the final planet that needs to be taken care of is Fertalis and once the citizens of Fertalis accept the interstellar bridge of understanding we will be in a good spot and so with that the text stops scrolling, and we pan down into the stars, and we see a planet off in the distance. The planet is brown, and if a planet could look a little fuzzy and hairy, it does. And then we see our ship 
the CSS Peacekeeper zoom into frame. We zoom in into the Peacekeeper and we see the main command center. You see your commander in his seat in the center of the room. This is Commander Starburst. Commander Starburst is a lizard-looking fellow. He's got kind of disco ball eyes. Almost as if the set designer just cut a disco ball in half <laughs> and put one half on each side of his costume. That is exactly what Commander Starburst looks like. Uh, and Great. otherwise, he kind of looks like an inflatable T-Rex that has been put into a military uniform. They heard that that's how they made Kermit, like cutting a ball in half. Yes. It was like, okay, we could do that. On his shoulder sits a little pterodactyl that if you were looking at it, is probably a marionette. This is his pet, Tarax. The rest of the crew is around. You see Billy Supernova, Billy O Supernova, a human who is overlooking the radars. And then you see Bleep Blorp 42069 nice. has jacked himself in and is maintaining all yeah, of the yeah. shields. His lower back is kind of hooked in, and so he's like bent over in a funny kind of way, but this is how he monitors everything. And when you're saying bent over, is he more like a C-3PO walking around robot, or does he have wheels on the bottom? Walking around robot. And he's copper, not gold, because ain't nobody <laughs> getting sued tonight. All right, where are you guys in your position? Rex is in his quarters, and he is doing chin-ups on what appears to be like a laser beam. So it's like a la- there's like a laser at like the top of his door frame, and he's like doing chin ups. It's off basically of it. a laser Nordic track. Yeah, it's a laser Nordic. Track. He's got <laughs> a whole that. laser, fitness a laser bow flex. Yeah. So. Are you a gunner? Are you? A- he is a security officer. Okay, on the Great. ship. All right, so you're a security officer. Where are you at? So what is the saddest, most melodramatic part of the ship? Where has like some dripping water and some sad sounding engine noises <laughs> and no one else around and is kind of dark with one flickering light in the distance? There is the broken hollow room that used to be where everybody could live out their fantasies of being Great. back home on Earth or yes, wherever. I'm there. And but, we're, yeah. what we're seeing is <laughs> flickering scenes of everyone's favorite parts of their childhood but broken and staccato (laughs) and endlessly sad. I'm hanging upside down from the ceiling with a small locket in the shape of what my alien heart looks like, which is just an octagon. Inside is a picture of my soul blade, my partner, who was taken from me by evil Prince Noob Noob, and a single green tear falls from my eye up my forehead and then down onto the ground below, where when it hits the broken holodeck, there's a fizzle on what was a golden retriever catching a stick, but it's frozen jerking back and forth. Oh my god, that is a... Yeah, I was All just right, gonna Brent, say, that definitely deserves a Brent token. gets a token immediately. I find it um, important to establish your character early and often. I want to add some noises for when Rex is working out. Ugh, 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 ugh. The deck is relatively silent right now. You guys are not on deck, but everybody else is kind of working. So can my groans be heard pretty audibly yeah. throughout? Yeah, so basically, like, Boba T is crying in the broken hollow room, and you're grunting, <laughs> and everybody else is silently working as they approach the planet. And then a light on Bilio Supernova's display comes up and says, Approaching Fertalis. And then Bilio Supernova goes, Captain, we're getting a lot closer. We could start a landing if we wanted to. Commander Starburst goes, everybody out here? They keep getting distracted by the grunting in the background. We need everybody out here before we descend to Fertalis. Every- oh, that's me. 
We need everybody. Absolutely everybody. He's like had like workout shorts, so he's like frantically taking off his workout shorts and like. Is it a onesie uniform? Yeah, it's definitely a onesie. So he puts on the pants and then the rest of the uniform like zips up around him using stop motion. And then Rex like looks in the mirror real quick. It's like looking good, looking good, combing his hair back, and he's out of there. All of a sudden, there's a feeling of sadness on deck, and in a puff that no one notices, I appear next to the commander. The commander is startled, and Commander Starburst says, all right, Boba T, Rex Laserbeam, good to see both of you on deck and doing your job. Oh yeah, you know it. Bleep Warp, commence communications with the Fertalians. Bleep Warp goes, absolutely, commander. And proceeds to like shift his ass around a little bit where he's plugged in. As the screen comes down, there's a little bit of static. And then the static goes away, and you see a kind of very furry people on the moon of Fertalis that actually kind of rotates around it very quickly. And on the moon, these creatures that look like a mix between Chewbacca and an Ewok, but they have also got bigger fangs. Almost as though, like, a costume designer bought an Ewok costume at a store and altered it. I'm not saying that that's what happened. I'm just saying it kind of looks like that. It might look like that, (laughs) yeah. And so then we hear from the first of them, and they go, What do you want? Commander Starburst looks into the camera and he goes, You know well what we want. We are here on orders of the Interstellar Commonwealth. You are the last holdout in the way of the Interstellar Bridge of Understanding. If you do not want to yield... We will take force into our own hands, but the simple fact of the matter is is that the Interstellar Commonwealth would be much better were Fertalis and the Fertalians in the Commonwealth. We would be very grateful to have you and the wisdom of your people. This is your last chance. Is there anybody near me? Is like Billy O near me? Billy O Supernova is over on the right side of the bridge. Bleep Blorp is on the left side of the bridge. The commander's seat is in the center. I'm going to go over to Billy and I'm just going to be like, Oh, these guys are super weird, am I right? Kind of unsettling. It's an awful lot like uh, like a Bigfoot. Something of that nature. Oh, yeah. I just want to like get my razor blades, you know, and just sit them down and just shave their creepy little faces. You know what I mean? I, I mean, it makes me want to shave, certainly. I don't know if it makes me want to shave other people. Oh, I want to shave them, you know, so I don't have to look at The commander goes... <clears throat> And then you notice that everybody has been looking at you, including the Fertalians, and they're like, No one is going to shave us today. Whoa, whoa, hold on there. Not what I said. Whoa, uh-oh. The commander is like, can you, can, can you please get it together for a second? And he looks and he goes, To whom do I have the pleasure of speaking at the moment? And the lead one yells, Ipswich Darkfur, commander of the Fertalian Resistance. Well... Commander Darkfur, we're at a position where there are two options for you and the Fertalians. You can join us in the Bridge for Understanding, for Interstellar Peace, or we will have to come to blows. We have no desire to come to blows. You will be the one to open fire first. Rex, in the background, starts, like, flexing a little bit. Kind of, like, checking out his guns here. This one, that one. Like, ooh. We have both literal and metaphorical guns, but we want you to join the Commonwealth. But at the same time, we will not allow understanding to be thwarted simply because there are holdouts that want the universe to not be connected. 
Ipswich Dark Fur snarls and goes, You can call it whatever you want, but you will not take my people without a fight. Fire! And then from the moon, a big laser beam comes <laughs> right at the peacekeeper. Who is in charge of driving the ship? I'm the security officer, so okay. probably not me. I'm not entirely sure what my role is on this ship at the moment, but I think it's kind of that vague, like, mercenary slash helpful person slash you just along for the adventure guy, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sounds the like Bilio Supernova has this one. Right. Yep. And so Bilio Supernova goes, all right, I guess we're doing it this way. Oh, I was hoping you'd say that, Billy. <laughs> he tries to evade the laser beam. Let's see how successful he is at it. He succeeds, and so Bilio Supernova manages to jerk the ship out of the way, and they just barely miss the laser beam. For the instant of that maneuver, I turn into my... I told you I'm an alien vampire, right? Okay, so I turn into the version of an alien bat, which is, for the sake of this movie, just two bats glued together, so it's one bat with four wings, and it's still on a string, but it's flying... (laughs) Also, it's been spray-painted neon green, so it glows under a black light. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and it's called a shroom pump. <laughs> That's what we'll call it. Oh, yeah, it's definitely called a, sh- a shroom pump. pump. Oh, shroom pump. A sh- oh, there's no vowel yeah, there. Yeah, shroom the pump. Shroom pump, got yeah, it. Yeah, so I'm in my shroom pump form <laughs> flying around, so I'm not uh, on the ground when we have to make that maneuver. All right, so they get out of the way. And Commander Starburst goes, All right, team, it's time for us to make a call. They fired first. Are we firing back? What are we doing here? Oh, let me at him. Let's nail these mothers. Billy, would you help me understand the weapon capabilities we currently have arrayed in our favor? Aye, well, at the moment, we could fire at them, but it's coming from the moon. I can't exactly see. At the same time, the, the goal isn't the moon. The goal is, of course, to take the planet. So we could try to just go right by the thing if we want. What if we were to put down a Rex laser beam and I on the moon for some advanced scouting and see if we can disable this laser cannon? Oh yeah, a scouting wink. And then he like punches the air and like does like a knife motion. Scouting. <laughs> Commander Starburst nods up and down so much that his weak kind of T-Rex costume kind of bobs <laughs> a little bit. And he goes, well, that sounds like an excellent plan. That's definitely what we should do. This was dark for fires. We fail to evade that one, and we get hit, and the whole ship shakes a great deal. Oh, mothers! So are we just heading straight for the moon? Is that the plan? Yeah, let's go to that moon. Okay. We're going to the moon. Billy, we're going to the moon. All right, let's jump it then. And he puts it into full blast, and he starts rocketing towards the moon. He will be there and landing in three turns. In the meantime, he has to keep trying to evade the lasers. Let's see how it goes. He fails to evade one of Ipswich Darkfur's shots, and it shoots right smack in the front of the ship. Achimachi! He fails the second one as well, and at this point, the ship begins to go beep, 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 beep. Billy, get your eye out there! I'm doing my best here, man. I'm a shooter. I'm not a good shooter. (laughs) We're getting creamed! Bleep Lord 42069 says, We are in critical condition. One or two more of these and we're going to be in a great deal of trouble. Is there, like, something we could, like, daringly repair right now? Use your intelligence to see if there's something you can daringly repair. You use your intelligence to figure out what to repair, and I'll use my strength to prepare to Perfect. repair it. So okay. I've got plus two intelligence, so I roll five. 
Yeah, I got a six in there. And so you see something that can be repaired. So Rex, our coolant manifold has sprung a leak. If you could pull yourself up to the height and patch it quickly with a strong muscular grasp and perhaps a rag, it might spare us a fiery demise. Oh, you're speaking my language, little vampire buddy. Use your strength to try and jam it back into place. Two sixes. You succeed to jam it right into place, and now I want you to roll your athletics. Five. Right as you jam it in, you see another laser beam coming right for the head of the ship, and you manage to duck and roll away from right where the laser beam's going to hit. It hits, but it actually hits exactly where the shield is supposed to hit. So Billy Supernova has jerked the ship just so, so that it hits the shield and diffuses everywhere so no one is actually hurt. And he goes, oh, that was a bit close there, wasn't it, Rex? Oh, oh, yeah, just a little bit, Billy. (laughs) And at this point, we're getting into the atmosphere, and we can now see where the cannon is and where the outpost is on this moon. And we begin to land very close to the cannon, but the, uh, the cannon is so huge that it's not going to be able to, like, come back down, so we are now in a safe zone. As the ship lands, this moon looks an awful lot like Mars. It's very red, it's very rocky. We are on the other side of a chasm. You can get into the chasm. I guess it's more like a very deep ditch. And then on the other side, you can see the giant cannon and a couple of outposts. You see Ipswich Dark Fur and two other Fertalians coming out of the outpost. And they are snarling at us from across the chasm. This is where you die, right here on this red kind of furry planet. And you look down and they're right, actually. There's little patches of fur. Can't help but mention this. Is anyone else feeling a little parched? And then I have a big, dumb alien smile. Because, again, I'm an alien vampire. (laughs) Right. And these things seem full of alien blood, which is what alien vampires feed on. So it is Bobatee's turn first. You are on the other side of the chasm. I don't know what Rex is doing, but Bobatee with all his built-up rage over what Prince Noob Noob has done to his soul blade, is about to project that onto these enemies. So he walks so smoothly you can barely see his feet move, and he cracks his long, white-green knuckles, and he looks at the enemies, I'm going to enjoy what's about to happen to you. You're reaching out to them, are you doing anything to them? No, no, I'm just threatening them. Hopefully this will scare them a little bit. I don't know, does that give me some kind of advantage? I just think it probably looks cool. So you're trying to scare the Fertalians? Yeah. Okay, use your charisma, and you're trying to scare some very scary-looking things. I've got plus two persuasion. Okay, so I need you to get all fives or sixes to scare these guys. I got a bunch of ones. So you put your hands out and say, I'm going to enjoy this. And then Ipswich Dartford looks at it and goes, Yeah, I'm gonna eat that hand. <laughs> he starts running right at you. Like, he leaps on all fours, and he starts galloping like a wolf. Great. How far away is he? It's probably 60 feet across the chasm. 60 feet, okay. And it's probably, let's say, 10 feet deep. So I can't melee him, but I'm gonna pull out my space rifle, which is a 1976 AMC Javelin exhaust that someone has put a rifle inside of, painted again neon green so it glows under a black light, and it has a radioactive symbol on it. But in the world of this movie, it's actually a very powerful laser rifle. He wears on his back like a katana. I pull it off, I sight, and I fire. Roll to see if you hit Ipswich Darkfur. I got a six, a five, and a three. That hits him. 
And so you uh, hit Ipswich Darkfur with one of his lasers. It's going. Whenever my weapons inflict damage, there's a surprising amount of blood. <laughs> everything's calculated for maximum bloodletting. <laughs> so uh, what color is this guy's blood? Blue. Great. Blue blood starts streaming out of his body cartoonishly like a Tarantino film. So Ipswich Darkfur continues to run straight at you. He is going to try and scare you. Are we out from under the ship at this point, or are we still kind of in the shadow of the ship? I only ask because I'm a vampire, and I assume it's the day. Ooh, it is the day. But here's the thing about this moon. I told you it was rotating around the planet very fast, right? Yes. Day and night happens every five minutes. Oh, okay. After I take that shot, I then will lift up the cowl of my really dorky cloak that keeps the sun off me. I'm sort of embarrassed when I wear it, and I know it makes me look less threatening. Ipswich Darfur looks right at you and he goes, Oh, I can scare that nerd. <laughs> what is your strength? Plus two. Okay, he scares you. He growls and, like, green slobber slings out of his mouth. You are suddenly terrified, which means you cannot use a major action on your next turn. Son of a gun. Now it's time for Commander Starburst, and he goes, Damn vampires spooked again. It's too emotional. Too damn emotional, that vampire. And he is going to fire at Ipswich Darkfur. He hits, but he is now kind of climbing up the other side, so he's almost to you guys. It is now... You have not heard his name... So Ipswich yells it, and he goes, Moray Blackhair, I'm in need of your assistance. And so Moray Blackhair, who was running right behind, all three of these guys got on their wolf stances, and so they're running too. And so now Moray is going to focus on Commander Starburst. <laughs> and then Ipswich goes, Rasputin Ravenmane, your assistance is also required. And so Rasputin Ravenmane is now going to focus also on Commander Starburst, because so far that's the clearest threat. It is now Rex Laserbeam's turn. Great. So he's got a one-piece jumpsuit on. Rex is going to rip the shoulders off of the jumpsuit, revealing his incredible action figure-like biceps, which is going to give him a plus two uh, strength for the rest of the scene. He's going to run over to uh, to the captain. He's going to run over okay. to the captain to help him. Okay, cool. You messed with the wrong space squad. Okay, it is now Bleep Blorp's turn. Bleep Blorp goes, Oh dear, this got out of control very quickly. And Bleep Blorp, like, opens up his hand and has a laser beam inside of it. And he fires at Moray. He succeeds. And little laser beam goes... Hits Moray in the face more. goes, ah, robots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then takes one damage. Wolves hate robots. There's one thing I've learned from the yeah. films. Oh, Supernova sees this going down too. And he goes, you smell like wet dog. He fires, he succeeds, and he hits Rasputin for one damage. And Rasputin goes, the only thing I hate more than robots is Scotsman. <laughs> It is now Boba T's turn. You are scared and cannot take a major action. So the ship's above us still. Are we, like, directly underneath the gangway that let us down? The gangway is maybe 10 feet behind you. You're not far from the ship. Then I am going to 
poof into my shrimp poop form. And into your I, what what form? The multi-bat. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, the multi-bat. The neon green multi-bat. Of course. And I'm going to flitter behind the gangway and just peep out from the side. So you turned into this little, like, space bat thing. Right. You're on the other side of the ship? I am now behind the gangway, directly underneath the ship. Okay. I'm imagining, like, a diagonal gangway coming down, and I'm peeping out from the side. All right. Well, Ipswich Darkfur saw you disappear... So he's going to use his sense of smell. He tries to get a smell on you, and he can't. He, all he can smell are these other humans. So it makes a last-minute decision to be like, screw it. He swipes right at Commander Starburst, and Commander Starburst manages to go right under it, and he swoops under the claw. Ha-ha! Is that the best you've got? And then Tarax, who is still on the Commander's shoulder, just goes, Rah! Where can I buy that Terax figure? <laughs> On planet Pleistocene, where I'm from. Commander Starburst is going to use his laser billy club, which looks an awful lot like a lightsaber, but is short enough that nobody's getting sued today. And is going to smack Ipswich right in the face with it. He succeeds. And then Ipswich goes... <laughs> and is smacked square in the face. Okay, so it is now more a black hair's turn. Moray Blackhair is also focused on the commander, who's taking a lot of fire right now. He is going to try and swipe at the commander. He swipes the commander on the shoulder, and Commander Starburst goes, Ah, damn it, and begins to bleed a yellow blood. I'm going to lose track of all the oh, different blood so colors. so many <laughs> different colors of yeah. blood. Yeah, every, yeah. So literally right, every character in this game has a different blood color. So right now there's green slobber, blue blood, yellow blood, all on a red planet that's got fur. So it's, uh, it's a mess. Rasputin is going to snarl in the commander's face. He succeeds in scaring the commander. The commander immediately goes, Blazes, these Vertalians are much scarier than I thought. We need to retreat. We need to retreat now, gentlemen. It is now Rex Laserbeam's turn. Not a chance, Commander. Don't worry. I gotcha. Okay, so I'm there at the scene mm -hmm. with the Commander, yeah. right? We got these two wolf creatures, Maury right? Mori and Rasputin are right on top of them, yeah. Okay, great. I want to pick up Mori mm -hmm. by the scruff of neck mm -hmm. and tail, and I want to pick him up and throw him at the other one. Okay. Roll your strength. Great. Mm -hmm. I've got one six, but two ones. You succeed. I succeed. Okay, you succeed. Great. So now roll your accuracy to see if you can throw him into the other guy. Okay. That's, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> no. It no. didn't. So you pick him up and you throw him, but you throw him and you miss, and he's able to get back up on his legs. Oh, didn't see that coming. In the middle of the throw, and then he's okay, but he's further away, so it'll take him like a turn to get back. Oh, so I like threw him a crazy like this. You threw him pretty far because yeah, you were good. strong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll take him a while to get back. Presumably there's also less gravity on this moon. So like <laughs> when you send things flying, they really sail. Shot put, buddy. It is now Bleep Blorp's turn. He is going to fire at Ipswich Darkfur. He succeeds and he gets double damage. You leave my commander alone. And he fires again. Ah, out. You have to protect the planet, boys. You have to. And then he, like, sputters the last of his blue blood, and he is now dead. It is now Bilio Supernova's turn. He also is going to fire. This time he's going to fire at Moray. 
He succeeds and hits More for one damage. It's now Bobati's turn. In the amount of time that I've been able to cower, I've turned back into my normal alien vampire form, and I've reopened the locket and used the sadness and the anger and the fear of my life to re-energize myself. And because I can move very far, I am going to suddenly appear next to Moray and hit him with my... Oh, I'm so pleased I get to do this. I'm going to hit him with my Sonic Foil, which is a sound blade device. Let's just say it, it vibrates your molecules apart when you come into the cognitive interference of the converging sound beams. Looks a lot like a lightsaber on screen, though. <laughs> but the technical specs would be entirely different. Entirely different, like, <laughs> operating principle. All right. For those at home keeping track, this is the second knockoff lightsaber in, like, five minutes. It's got a plus five, so I'm going to roll six on that. I got five passes. Okay. So that probably does double damage, right? Yeah, I'd assume that does. And I'll say something cool like, hear my blades. <laughs> and I slash it through Moray. Moray goes, oh, I've got dog hearing and that was very loud. <laughs> and he is now gushing blue blood. By the way, Moray's not dead. He's pretty beat up, but he's, oh, okay. he's spewing blood. But you did defeat one of them. Doesn't matter. Commander Starburst is running and he goes, Terax, protect me. And then Terax is going to try and fly down and attack Ore, who is the nearest guy. Commander, you you don't have to be so worried. This is too much. Too much. We're, we're really, we're doing great here. Terax is not able to get a hold on him. He tries to, he grabs a little bit of fur, and then very easily, Ore swipes him away, and he flutters back to the commander. Ore is able to run right up to you. Rex laser beam, and he is going to try and swipe at you. He manages to do double damage on you, and so he gets a real good hit and goes, You get off my moon. Rasputin is back up, and he's running, and he's running very quickly. He'll be back at you in another turn. It is now your turn. Okay, great. How about you get off my moon? This is our moon. <laughs> There's no way this is your moon. It's gonna be our moon in a minute. You've never been here before. I mean, I'm here now. That's what matters. You're very rude. <laughs> well, yeah, crude and rude. I agree. I want to punch Moray so hard in the chin that he like flies back. Uppercut him so hard that the other one is like intimidated. Okay. So roll strength. Roll strength. Yeah. One, two, three. Three passes? Three passes. Yeah, you successfully uppercut Moray, and the heightened gravity on this moon sends him soaring into the sky, and it doesn't look like he's coming down anytime soon, but he is dripping blood as he goes, so there's like a little drizzle of blue blood floating down to the surface. You want a piece of old Rex laser beam? Rasputin looks at you and goes, You all are very, very rude. He turns tail and starts dashing towards the outpost next to the cannon. And he is just running very, very quickly. Billy Supernova, he's far enough away now, like he's, he's kind of far, that a snipe might hit him, but the other guys are just going to take quick pot shots. Billy gets him once, so does Bleeplorp. So both of them get two hits on Rasputin, and then it's up to you. Great, so I'm going to just bring out the whole muffler rifle. One pass. Then Rasputin is hit for one more. That's got to put him down. He's not down yet, 
Has he slowed down enough that we could give chase and catch him before he gets to that base? He is very fast, and he keeps running. Like, he is not turning around, not for anybody. The commander is no longer terrified, and he goes, Oh, I guess we can take these guys. That's what I was saying. We did great. He fires, but now it's far enough away that the commander is going to do pretty well at that. The commander succeeds. And as he shoots, he manages to wing Rasputin right in the head. And then Rasputin goes limp about 20 feet from the outpost. Well done, everyone. Now, let's see what information we can draw from the corpses. So I'm going to lean down and begin to drink Ipswich's still warm blood. And while doing that, gain some amount of information about Ipswich and his life. Psychic vampire. Uh, Yeah. Well, alien, you know. So uh, as I'm absorbing his... Soul essence. What am I learning, Patrick? You see that there used to be many more of these cannons and these outposts on this moon. You are not the first of the interstellar commonwealth ships to come by. There were other ships like this one. One by one had taken out some of these cannons. The last outpost was the one that was left to Ipswich, and so he remained here trying to protect Fertalia. Guys, I have very positive news. This is the last defensive outpost on this moon. May I propose we proceed inside and use the large laser cannon to constantly bombard the planet below into submission? Oh yeah, that sounds great. We're the space squad, we're here for peace. Let's do it, Palo. What do you say, everybody? Commander looks at it and he goes, our mission was to subdue the planet. Perhaps there's a radio inside that we can talk to the planet before. We Before, during, and after. <laughs> yeah, I like the way you think, buddy. We'll give it a try. Can I just mention that my face is now dripping with blue Ipswich blood, and no one is disturbed by this. Everyone on the crew, this is a very normal thing, that I'm just caked in now drying, congealing alien blood. Yeah, I mean, you're our vampire friend. Right. Billy doesn't love it, but at this point he's used to it. He's like, <laughs> I mean, he's going to do what he's going to do, I suppose. Just let him. He's very good at it, so... He's extreme! (laughs) I love it. If I'm being honest, this is all a bit extreme, but, you know, whatever. I get my bills paid. And so everyone goes in to the outpost. You see the controls for the cannon, and you see a radio that will go back to the main planet. You see a radio transmitter that is also like a video transmitter, because all radios are video transmitters in space. You also see that you can control the cannon if you want. Billy takes a look at it, and he goes, let me see if I can figure this one out. Billy succeeds. Billy's like, all right, oh, I see how this one works. It's uh, it's ocular, but also it requires a... What if I push this? You'd probably do nothing, to be honest with you. It's not. It's ocular. Did you not just hear what I said? Ocular? It requires your eyes. Oh, well, I got two peepers right here ready to blast some alien scum. Right, it requires more than your eyes, though. Let me do this. I'll do this. I'll let you do it this time. Good talk, Rex. <laughs> Good talk. While that's going on, I'm going to uh, turn on the radio and call down to the alien planet. Okay. When the radio connects, a very old Fertalian shows up. He's in a robe. He looks very much like the ones you just fought, except he is more hunched over. He's got a cane, and he's shaking a little bit. And he goes, Ipswich, did you get them? I'm sorry to say Ipswich is no longer... In this plane. Well, that's not entirely true. He drank his blood! (laughs) (laughs) This old gray Fertalian looks very sad all of a sudden. Behind the radio, you can hear a softer voice go, 
Is he okay? Is he okay? Hello, my name is Bova T, and uh, we would very much like to build our bridge of understanding through your planet. If you would agree to that, then I won't have to drink your blood. Pretty good offer, don't you think? Our understanding is that in order to build the bridge, you have to completely decimate the planet. It can't exist, right? Let me check with my commanding officer. Commander, is that true? Do we have to destroy their planet to build the bridge? Yes, the planet has to be completely out of the way. They would have to be relocated to a relocation camp. It'd probably be somewhere off the Bridge of Understanding. And just making sure, I was aware of this going into the mission, right? And previously signed were we off all, on it. Were we aware of that? Well, I mean, you guys aren't the engineers. I mean, the engineer is Billy, so... Billy, did you not tell them? Because I didn't think it was necessary for the muscle to know, right? I mean... Each planet that has had the Bridge of Understanding go through it has been decimated. The light is so powerful that the planets oh. can't necessarily... Are you okay? Oh, yeah. I just need to get a little bit of air. <laughs> I also need to get a small amount of air with my friend and hired muscle Rex. <laughs> Yo, I'll be right back, okay? That's fine. Yeah, uh, we're just going to have a quick smoke. A space smoke. Oh, yeah, yeah. The gray one says, So are we... Is there anything we can... Do. Is there anything while you're smoking? Like, what, what do you need? Just tell us what you need. And, and you just hold tight there for a second, my furry buddy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll be you, right back. But Ipswich, is he? He's, he's dead. Turn it off. Yeah. At this point, Commander Starburst goes, You boys have done spectacularly. I'm really proud of you today. The Interstellar Commonwealth will finally be able to talk across the universe to all of our allies. It will be spectacular. Actually, we're going to do some uh, laps. We're going to run some laps yes, around the yes. old ship. While smoking. We're going to have smoking laps. Yeah, smoking laps. You know, we're hired muscle. Well, we got to stay limber. Yeah, well, we'll be right back. All right, boys. Want to take laps? That's fine. We're going to be here smoking some cigars. Good. This is a literal victory lap. Victory lap, taking. Yeah. Bleeplorp goes, Would you like me to stay with you and keep pace? Shut the hell up and sit down, Bleeplorp. We're going to be right back. You guys enjoy your cigars. We're going to be back. Okay, bye. <laughs> Ready to celebrate. Slam the door, and we immediately start jogging back towards the ship. Yeah. <laughs> Rex, I know they're paying us a lot, but I think we maybe should have done some more research <laughs> before we took this job. I think you may be right, buddy. I think we just signed on to massacre a planet. Oh, my God. We need to check in on these... Camps, I think. We need yeah. to see what the conditions are like on these camps. Doesn't sound great. As someone who was a victim of an evil space prince, I'm starting to seem like maybe we took a job from an equally evil space commonwealth. I just want to work for a good organization. They said commonwealth building a bridge of understanding. It sounded pretty on the up and up when we took the ad. It seemed very good. These seemed like the goodest of good guys. And now we just killed three sensitive, nice aliens trying to defend their planet. Planet from from us. I mean, they looked gross. They did taste delicious. <laughs> they tasted. Oh delicious. my god! I just drank the blood of an innocent. We're gonna hop back into the ship. <laughs> yeah, we are. And we're going to look on like a ship computer and look up about these camps. Like, okay. what is the like? We want to know. Like, we want to space Google. Like, what happened? We're to also these gonna other space aliens. Google the Commonwealth in general. <laughs> yeah. See, like, are you trying to do it without being noticed? Who else is on the ship? I thought everybody. Nobody's was in on the ship, but they're nearby, so they might be able to see you getting on the ship. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We want to try to do it. Uh, Stealth. Okay. Stealth. So roll your spy. I'd like to see two successes from each of you. Only one success. Okay. So you guys start to like sneak towards the ship and uh, the commander goes, oh, we got the lighter already. It's over here, boys, if you want your cigar. Oh, that's okay. We're just putting on our jogging clothes. 
You started running without your jogging clothes? Yeah, so we gotta go back inside, put on our jogging clothes. I left them in the sad holodeck. <laughs> Roll your charisma again. No passes on that. He goes, I mean, that's weird. You're already sweating. It seems like you started running without your jogging clothes. I think we just got so hyped up from the battle. We didn't really consider it. I don't usually like to do this, but come have a cigar with me. That's an order, okay? Okay, Commander. I guess we're gonna go have that cigar. Do you have, like, a phone or anything on you? I don't have a phone, but I could... Here's what we're gonna do. Yes. Let's just see if this works. Whose blood is the most toxic to the most characters? You mean who among the crew and the aliens we've just killed? Roll your intelligence to see if you know the toxicity of blood. I'll give you an extra die because you you know blood. There's one thing I know, it's blood. Oh, I got a bunch of passes. Okay, so probably the most toxic to the most number of people would likely be... It's probably yours. My blood? Your blood. Fantastic. Because basically, so like, the situation is you have drank so much blood from so many different <laughs> aliens that you are a hodgepodge of different Great. chemicals. Great. All right, Captain, you want us over? We'll have that cigar before our jog. Uh, pass it this way first. Yeah, give me that stogie. He hands out cigars. Bleep Blorp is lighting them all with his finger. Billy O Supernova, Commander Starburst, and the two of you each have cigars. I take the cigar. With one of my long, sharp nails, I just cut a little flick under my neck. People can see me do this, and I take the blood, and I lay it along the top of my cigar. And I go, guys, if you want a wild trip, you need to smoke this. And I take a big hit of it and show obvious enjoyment. And then I pass it to the commander. Oh, boy. That yeah. does look mighty tasty. Roll your charisma. I only passed once. Uh, he goes, no offense to your boba tea, but you drink a lot of different weirdos. I'm a man of simple taste. I like uh, good Cuban cigars from that Earth colony of ours, you know? Hey, Earth, now we're talking. Hey, uh, Bleep Blorp, got any rock and roll in that metal chases of yours? Rock and roll, is that cocaine? Oh, I just meant the music, but, but also, also cocaine. cocaine. I have both. <laughs> Great. And so a little a little uh, tray of cocaine opens up if you want it. Rex is definitely going to bump a line off this robot. Now can Rex get everyone else to bump a line? Come on, it's a party. The commander will do it. Billy Supernova is like, I'll have a, a tiny bump. There we uh, go. Just a little one. Please. The two other humanoids are now high on cocaine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and as that happens, I turn into my bat form surreptitiously and fly back to the ship. Everybody starts doing more cocaine, including Billy, who's kind of loosened up at this point. And now we are on the ship. And I'm back in the ship and I'm on the computer. First thing I'm looking up is what is the history of this commonwealth? What do I learn? Roll your intelligence. One pass. You learn that the commonwealth has been around for about 300 years. It started when Earth, along with a few other planets from Andromeda, once they made contact, they decided to make a union. And then bit by bit, as they came in contact with more planets, they began two bicameral houses, one in Topeka, Kansas, United States, and then one that existed on uh, the Andromeda planet of Kleezax. From there, Earth representatives pushed for more and more entry into the Commonwealth. And so more and more people, in some cases willingly, some cases less willingly, joined the Commonwealth. At this point, you've probably got 15% of the known universe in the Commonwealth. And for the most part, people kind of join the Commonwealth when the Commonwealth tells them to. 
in some cases, it makes good sense to join the Commonwealth, especially if you don't have a lot of resources on your planet. Roll your intelligence again. Two passes. Okay, great. Yeah, there are definitely circumstances where the Commonwealth has forced people to join. If the planet has a resource the Commonwealth is interested in, mm -hmm. the... okay. They are employing similar strategies that were used in the expansion of the West. Cool. And, uh, and you're gonna look up those camps? Yeah, what happens to the planets who are destroyed, those people? Roll your intelligence as you space Google this stuff. One pass. One pass, okay. There are camps that exist, and the Commonwealth isn't hiding them. They definitely call them relocation camps. And the way the Commonwealth portrays it, you can go to a camp on a planet that has been reallocated. So the resources that were on the planet have been used for better use, which also means that, great news, the planet is now open for colonization. And so when a planet is in the way of something like the Bridge of Understanding, for example, we will just relocate those people to one of these colonies where there is nothing in their way and no harm will befall them. What kind of autonomous future do they have? Roll your intelligence again. Can you beat Google in a system where Google is owned by the Commonwealth? Right. Two passes, which means a mega hit, which means I'm getting some independent journalism now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've basically found the ProPublica of the interstellar Commonwealth, and there's not a lot of autonomy. I will take this opportunity to remove the keys to the ship and put them in my pocket. Roll your intelligence. I need you to get three passes. I only got one. Okay, you get the keys. You go to what you know to be the main thruster. You know that there is one crystal that powers the main thruster and you've taken it. Where are you gonna hide the crystal? Oh, I'm gonna go to the broken holodeck and I'm going to pull up simulation 43-1396-B. Dash A or dash B? Dash B, this one. Oh, dash B, okay, got it. Not dash Wait. A? No, dash B, which as we all know, brings up the historical records of Earth, specifically Earth Entertainment, and a very popular movie involving puppets with dead faces that are hard to read, The Dark Crystal. <laughs> Great. And I place this crystal in the place of The Dark Crystal in the simulation <laughs> of that movie. Okay. So if you were to go into the room, you would see a scene from The Dark Crystal playing. The Skeksis are all dancing around what appears to be the Dark Crystal, but is actually the ship's crystal for flight. Great. And then I fly quickly back to the cocaine party as okay. quick as I can. So when you get back to the cocaine party, things have gotten out of control, and now Bilio Supernova is now flipping logs with his bare hands just to show <laughs> he can do it. He's found, like, little logs that are, like, rotting on the surface of Mars, and he takes the tallest one and he starts flipping it. And he goes, I dare anyone else to do it. None of you can do it. Not even, not even you, Commander. Well, <laughs> I'll give it a try. He tries to flip a log and immediately smacks himself in the face with a log. He just goes, <laughs> you're right, I can't. Rex, Rex wants to throw that log. <laughs> Billy sees that and goes, oh, you're going to challenge me, Rex? Oh, oh, you know it, buddy. <laughs> All right, here we go. Two passes. You throw the log way further than, uh, than Billy O. Supernova does. Oh, in your face, buddy. I didn't need to do it that way, but fine, fine, fine. All right, whatever. You know, I'm beginning to regret all the cocaine we did. You seem to be a bit more of a jerk. That's right. Rex is going to pick up, in a show of strength, he's going to pick up Billy and, like, spin him around over his head in a boisterous wrestling-type manner. All right. I guess Billy is going to try and fight you. On the, well, not fight you, but try and resist it. 
Go ahead and see if you can pick him up. Two checks. You manage to pick Billy up, and he goes, what are you doing? Commander! Commander! <laughs> spin, spin, spin! Rex, can you please? There's, there's no need for that right now. We're all having a good time here. Just just leave him be. As this is happening, I am here next to Rex. Yes, cocaine and party. So much fun. Rex, we're the bad guys. <laughs> and so you stop whirling Billy in midair, and Billy goes, I'm sorry, what did you say? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm going to... What should we do? I'm gonna throw Billy at the commander. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're doing this. <laughs> All right. Hey guys, this is Patrick again. Thank you so much for listening to part one of this show. Please go ahead and subscribe so that you can hear part two of what's coming up next week. We always appreciate it, and thanks so much. We'll see you then.